0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of week 13 of the Brodo Fantasy Podcast here with the only two twins that are ready to give you the updates on the full slate of games for the first time this week for no bye weeks. And we are ready to go, baby. No bye weeks.
1: Bye, bye, bye.
0: We are ready to give you eight more games coming up. And the Brodo Fantasy Podcast begins now. I love that song man feeling all right feeling okay yo whoever doesn't know that is johnny patrop tacos and liquor out now on all social media outlets i mean all social platforms tacos and liquor by johnny patrop spotify soundcloud Apple music all the good stuff you know what i'm saying you can even buy it as a digital copy you can't buy a cd or a tape recorder because it's not 2004 all right so let's get into these games uh a good matchup that would have been in 2004. A good matchup now. Uh, Ravens at the Falcons. Let's go on to the Ravens. And the thing that is the talk of the town right now, Lamar Jackson is the quarterback. He will be. He was named a starter again uh, coming into next week. The Baltimore Ravens have made up this, this lie that says, we want Joe Flacco to have a week of practice at least before he plays again. Uh, at, like well, That came like two weeks after they were like, yeah, we're going to play him no matter what. So th- it gives you a sense of Lamar Jackson is here to stay. Uh, last week, uh, 178 yards and one touchdown in the air. Two picks that were tipped as well, but the more important part, 11 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown after it looked like he couldn't run at all in the first uh, half. He really turned on the Jets in the second half. So, Lamar Jackson against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. you Gotta be licking your chops if you have Lamar Jackson, right?
1: I am all about LJ this week. Uh, last week, he put up 20 points. That was without rushing the ball basically in the first half. And that was with Baltimore scoring two defensive touchdowns. So that's two less possessions that he could have had. Uh, You would think the Baltimore staff is smart enough to realize that their offenses look way better for the uh, game and a half that they let Lamar Jackson run than the half that they didn't. If you give him those two extra possessions, if you give him an extra half of running, who knows how many points he'd have that we'd be talking about right now. Uh, He's a... Running back in a quarterback's position who also will give you a few points throwing the ball against Atlanta. Atlanta can't guard running backs because they don't have the most athletic linebackers. and uh, So the same applies to the running quarterbacks. He's, those are the same guys that he's going to have to run past to get rushing yards. That's someone I want. I'm sorry Lamar Jackson. Michael doesn't agree with me, but I'm sorry him. I mean, don't say that. But not for nothing. Lamar Jackson is at this point in his career. He's a terrible quarterback. Like he, he's not good at passing the ball. They tried for some reason to make him a pocket quarterback in the first half last week, and it was a pretty disgusting. But I wouldn't anyway. say it
0: was like I. I yeah, look, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the guess, prettiest but, against but, Oakland. All right, it wasn't the prettiest. I'll give you that. But he's also this. Is in his second year, you could say that Josh Rosen has looked almost as ugly sometimes. First year. First year, excuse me. Second start I meant. Like you gotta he's a rookie. Like you you have to like be open to he can improve in that area.
1: What I didn't say he can't. I said at this point in his career he's a terrible passer, which is true. Yeah, two games in. Yes, you're right. Yes. Facts. Facts. Through his first two games, he has been an absolutely atrocious quarterback, period.
0: I don't know. He was pretty efficient in his first game. Oh my god, Tim! He passed like twelve
1: times. If you're gonna be good against any quarter uh, team, it's Atlanta. Yeah, but he clearly is going to be running the ball because after the first half went terribly, he came out the second half and was running all over the place That's again. And they, thing. I know, which is why I have him as a fringe QB one this week. You annoying ass people, trying <laughs> you're like trying to talk me out of Lamar Jackson. I have him as a fringe QB one. No, How that about- the, the fringe QB. What does that mean? Where is he at? He's my quarterback 14. Yeah, that's the first time. I'd rather start him than guys like Matt Ryan or Mitch Trubisky or Baker Mayfield. So it's high enough. But moving on, because we don't want to talk about Lamar Jackson anymore. Gus (laughs) Edwards mispracticed, guys, today. Ooh. As did Alex Collins.
0: Yeah, surprising development for Gus bussy.
1: I mean, hopefully it's just like some type of maintenance day after this guy got like 40 carries over the last two weeks. So hopefully he's back tomorrow. But if they're both out, I guess Buck Allen and Ty Montgomery become interesting flex plays. But I'm just going to treat it as if Gus Edwards does play because there haven't been any signs saying he's not going to yet. If he does play, he's a a low-end RB1.
0: Something that Nick from VM brought up that I agree with is this – this team is using the combination of Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson, sort of like how uh, the Redskins use RG three and Alfred Morris. Kind of like two, the two guys are very comparable, especially at this point in their careers. So it's interesting to see that because both of them were dynamic and both of them were fantasy studs uh, going forward. And it looks like Allen Collins has completely fell out of favor for a guy that listen. You know that he has the doghouse, and you know that when you enter that doghouse, you're done. And Buck Allen is currently in that doghouse. Alex Collins is on the brink of that doghouse. And let's see if Ty Montgomery could do something against a, a passing off a, a team that sucks against the running back out of the backfield. And Gus Edwards not getting work out of the backfield. So if, it's, if you think that Ty Montgomery, who saw his first action three for 13 uh, in the receiving game and eight carries for 51 yards uh, last game against the Raiders. So, I mean, I, I think Ty Montgomery is a good outside play. Like I, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't play him. If I must win, if I'm playing for a playoff spot, but you know, if you're desperate and like say you lost uh, Melvin Gordon this week and your waiver
1: wires thin, Ty Montgomery could be a, a solid start. Maybe it's- if Edwards is out, but Edwards is probably going to play. So you just spent way too much time talking about Ty Montgomery.
0: I don't think I did. Uh, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst were the leading uh, pass catchers. Uh, if Lamar Jackson is in, it's hard to trust any pass catchers that aren't um, that aren't running backs.
1: Not for nothing though, to me as like some sort of weird love for Ty Montgomery. I won that bet, by the way, of you saying he'd get ten targets. He was inactive basically the first two weeks. So there you go.
0: Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did I say?
1: That Montgomery would have ten uh ten touches in one of the first two games and he was inactive both of the first. Hold
0: two on, games. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm yo, timeout. Judge, Jason, be the judge on this. He did not play in his first game. Judge is ruling. He was inactive. Exactly. The second game that
1: he played in, he had 11 touches. Hold on. Judge is ruling. Michael, stop trying to find loopholes. Inactive he's learning the playbook. Tim, I mean, Jason, We when we made the bet, I said he might even be inactive, and Timmy said he's going to play the first two weeks, one of the games, he's going to have 10 touches. Nah, I, I don't how believe How nah, is that a loophole? Nah, nah, I nah, bet nah, him. Nah. Guys, I bet Timmy he has, played, he has played, 9 he has and played. 11. Nah. We I literally wrote down nah. in the bet weeks nah. 9 and 11. Nah.
0: Nah. So, he's played two games and in the second game he got 11 touches. I win.
1: No, not even
0: close. Uh this J- Jason ruling If Michael
1: wrote down those weeks then he has a point.
0: No, nah, because Michael is mad weird when it comes to that shit.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> Like he could weeks 9 and 11 because you were so set on the fact that he would play right away. This, Yo, not, guys, this thing, any games. Well, we'll go back and listen. And take <laughs> it <out>. All right,
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's move on from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, even though Michael is just a you know, sore loser, um, and let's go over to the Falcons who play a very good Baltimore Ravens defense as usual. Uh, Julio Jones, obviously, he's one of the better players in the world. Uh, he's actually scoring touchdowns now, so that's also a Just if you have Julio Jones, you're super excited. Um, But he is playing a secondary that has been good. And do you temper expectations? I don't expect him to go for another 11 for 147. He could be a one, but do you temper expectations for Julio Jones?
1: I mean, slightly, I guess, but not really. The Ravens' overall defense has been great, sure, but they haven't had really a lockdown corner. Jimmy Smith has been a lot worse this year. Uh, than he has been in years past, so uh, Sorry. still firing him up as a high-end wide receiver. One they have been very good at limiting yards to number one receivers. They just have given up some touchdowns to them. Uh, with Julio Jones, you want it to be the opposite way. To be honest, you want a team that gives up a lot of yards and not necessarily touchdowns. Ravens. So it could be a. It could be a little bit of a down week. I just think I don't love the Falcons in general in this matchup. I know they're at home, but Baltimore is a good defense. Uh, Tim has discussed it a lot. <laughs> Matt Ryan, um, his most recent good games, a lot of his productions, production came from Yak and stuff that he wasn't even doing himself. Uh, he bailed himself out in on Thanksgiving with a few garbage time points. It's not a game that I love Matt Ryan, even though he's home. It's not a game that I love Uh Julio Jones too much. I don't want to start Ridley or Sanu if I don't have to. Tevin Coleman has 11 touches in his last two games. Baltimore is second in the league in scrimmage yards allowed to running backs. 11 rushes. Uh, What's his face? He got bailed out with a garbage time touchdown last week. Crabtree? Not Crabtree. I'm bugging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't expect that to be happening every week. I I really am disgusted by Tevin Coleman and don't want to start him. I mean, basically, yeah. 11 touches against Baltimore is not something I want for a run. Also,
0: also, the Baltimore Ravens giving the third least points per game in half point PPR to the wide receiver. So, um, even if you are starting Julio Jones, I think temper expectations. And when you're talking about a guy like Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu and Austin Hooper, probably going to stay away from these guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not playing Austin Hooper this week. I, as I've pointed out, he is basically only good when he plays against top 10. Uh, opportunity fantasy teams against the tight ends, and that's not Baltimore, so...
0: I mean, also, Matt Ryan, as much as I think he's overrated, if he's going to throw the ball 47 times a game, you got to you got to consider starting him.
1: Yeah, I don't love him this week, though, like Jason said, going against Baltimore.
0: All right, but, so let's move on to the next game, unless there's someone else you guys want to talk about in this game?
1: Uh, well, Calvin Ridley had a big game last week, but he's been... He continues to be pretty inconsistent. Uh, he was, he did not have a good game at all. The first two and a half quarters, he was not involved. And then the Falcons had to throw a bunch and Calvin Ridley got a bunch of work and ended up having a very nice 95 yard day with a touchdown. Don't know if that's going to be the case against Baltimore, but I uh, still have him as a wide receiver three because of how high his ceiling has been in games so far this year. He has three games where he's been an absolute beast.
0: Guys, If you, I I remember when we talked about Snacks Harrison, him getting traded and us mentioning, well, me mentioning now I'm I'm a low key flex like Jason did last episode, me mentioning to you guys that his addition changes them tremendously. You said they're not going to go to being the number one running defense all of a sudden because they got Snacks Harrison. Well, over the past three weeks, the Lions have the NFL's best run defense, and that's because they have Snacks Harrison. He's that much of a difference maker and our new best friend. And this is Todd Gurley's game where he the first game where he's coming off a game without a dud. Definitely a dud now that he game was fireworks central, but he he was a dud. So are you nervous about the god that is
1: Todd? Come on, Tim. Come on. <laughs> You're better than this. He, he they were being cautious. He tweaked his ankle a little bit, so he was they're being cautious with him. They said he's fine. He's gonna get his full workload, even if they help stop the run a bit. He's still gonna get his pass game work. If you just Todd Gurley is just the shoe in running back one every single week. It's the easiest ranking of all time. So, yep. Uh, the Lions- you Want to talk about Detroit's defense with snacks though? Uh, since they gave him up, they've basically been since they got him, they've basically been giving up quarterback one performances every single week. After not giving up, after giving up only one in the first seven weeks, but if you look at the ground, they're allowing forty less rushing yards per game. So teams basically are scared to run against Max Harrison. It's it's not only scared; like they can't. But that's why I love Jared Goff this week. Uh, In matchups where Gurley might not score three touchdowns on the ground, which this seems like a matchup like that, Goff is the person that you want to start Uh girly can always get his points through the air. So that's not a concern. Robert Woods ran 67% of his routes from the slot with cup out last week. So if he's seeing Cooper cups work while running, while seeing the amount of targets that he sees, that's like the perfect duo cause cup uh, always had the, uh... his targets I felt like came uh, provided more points. Whereas Woods was more of a safer option. He's not really a wide receiver one every week, but more of wide receiver two. So, I think that that's good for Woods. Uh Josh Reynolds is seeing around fifteen percent of Goff's targets. If if Goff throws thirty-five times, which is his average, that's five targets for Josh Reynolds. Uh five targets against Detroit isn't too bad. That's wide receiver three flex range. Yeah, startable. And then Brandon Cooks is throwing up hundred yards games every day. So uh, I'm I'm loving this offense as a whole.
0: Nothing not to love about this offense. Um Michael, I mean, do you have anything to add? I I think we're all in agreement that all the players in this offense are available to start and play. Yeah. uh, Especially off a bye week against one of the worst. In DVOA, the the Lions are ranked as the second worst team overall, and they are in the bottom three teams uh, against every single position.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not – I don't love Gerald Everett this week, but – you might need to start him depending on your tight end situation. I have we have him as our tight end seventeen, so got to talk about him as well. In two tight end leagues, he's a pretty super solid tight end too.
0: All right, let's go over to the Chiefs at the Raiders. Um, start your Chiefs. Pretty simple, especially against the Raiders. Start. You them. talk
1: about the Lions. You're forgetting about. Oh, I almost ah why?
0: Every episode I do this one time. Why? Right. not oh, the, the first
1: one. You were good. I know. Damn it. All right. I'm going to just run through them real quick. Yeah. Kenny Galladay, 35 targets over the last three weeks. Uh, League leading. He's also second in the league in air yards in the entire NFL since then. So Galladay is a wide receiver one with Marvin Jones out the year. Just based off of pure volume and the fact that he can make something happen out of nothing. Uh, Bruce Ellington, also a name to watch as a PPR flex play. 12 catches the last two weeks. You expect that to go up even higher, uh, chasing points against the Rams. Uh, Theo Redick is good for 5 to 12 points. I don't want anything to do with him. If you're in a situation where you just need a flex play to get you 7 points for you not to lose and not put up 0, fine, whatever. I'd rather go with someone who has more upside. And then laguerre Blunt, we have to talk about him because he scored two touchdowns last week. This probably isn't a game where it's going to be close, where he's going to get a lot of work after the first quarter. But all he has to do is plunge his giant self into the end zone to get you some points. So I guess he's a flex play. I think the Garrett was is, is a solid flex play this week.
0: I think look, they're on Johnson's not getting the work. They're they're thinking about signing C.J. Anderson, which
1: shows me Carryon Johnson is injured. Right. So saying they're things about people as if they're not injured. True. What are you talking about? With AJ Green you said he's not he didn't even see the field or something like that with on Johnson you said he's not seeing the work you're making it sound like they're not injured. All right, fine. I'll be
0: Jesus. All right, teacher. <laughs> All right. on Johnson's not on the field because of an injury. Thank you. They are looking for CJ Anderson because they it shows how bad they think the injury is. They're gonna run. They have committed to the running game this year. I think I don't think that that's a surprise. He was very effective last week. Legarrette Blunt scored two touchdowns. He will have an opportunity to score a touchdown again. You could do much worse than starting Legarrette Blunt in your flex spot. Much much worse.
1: I actually like the play. You could do much much worse by starting worse players, or you could do better by starting better players.
0: Oh, Michael, you figured out fantasy
1: football. Uh, uh, you uh, guys know where to find me.
0: All right, all right, let's go uh, to the next game then. Kansas City at the Oakland Raiders. Uh, like I said, Sammy Watkins did not did not practice. So with that being said, you're obviously starting Tyreek Hill expecting big things. You're obviously starting Patrick Mahomes starting big, expecting big things. Uh, you're starting Kareem Hunt expecting big things. You're starting Travis Kelsey expecting big things. Can you start um, Chris Conley?
1: Uh, not if Sammy Watkins plays. If Watkins plays, he's a decent flex play. But I feel like with a bye week, uh, the buy couldn't have come at a better time for Watkins. He's been a wider th- wide receiver three or better in six of the eight games that he's been healthy in this year. So Watkins is a strong wide receiver three if he plays. Uh, Conley, I would drop down to flex territory just because he probably won't see the same amount of volume, and Watkins doesn't see much volume to begin with. Well, Chris Conley, it, albeit it, it wasn't a 54-51 to final game, he went seven for 74 with two touchdowns and played an every down roll. They're not Watson going to play down. the Rams every week. But he did play nearly every down. So I mean, they're playing just, a worse defense this week. He stepped into the role. Yeah, it's a worse defense, but it's not they're No, they are they were playing the Rams offense. They weren't playing the Rams defense.
0: Yeah. Um. All right, so let's.
1: let's Honestly, go. though, Spencer Ware may even have flex potential because if they go up by 30 points. Gross, man.
0: You're going to be one of these people. It's interesting, though. At, at least in a DFS play, I will consider starting Spencer Ware.
1: You're going to start a handcuff. Yeah. Best case scenario, it gives you eight points. Jay, he's not in my top 40 running backs. Stop taking everything no, so damn literally. Me, I just said. talking about him. It's interesting to think about. Watch. Well, You know what? when Spencer Ware puts up double-digit oh, points goodness. this week? If he puts up double-digit points, you have to. What's interesting to think about is the fact that you think this is okay to say on air. You, you have know, to take next episode off.
0: Guys, guys, I just want you to know like this isn't even a, a joke. They talked like this to each other all the time. Imagine like and you guys looked so alike when you were younger. Imagine like just watching two people look exactly alike, just go at it. That's exactly Michael and Jason. All
1: right, let's move on.
0: <laughs> it's it's great. Um let's go to the Raiders. Um uh, the, Raiders. the Raiders.
1: Probably so- earlier than the Bills at this point. I'm gonna start this one because Jalen Richard, folks. He goes against Kansas City this week. Jason does not have him ranked in the top 40. I have him as my 31st running back. I don't know how you can rank him outside the top 40. The Chiefs have allowed the most receiving yards to running backs out of the backfield. They they allow over 70 yards receiving to running backs out of the backfield. In a game where the Raiders are probably going to be down by two or more touchdowns basically the whole game.
0: Captain check down.
1: They give up yards to running backs because they're always winning. Yeah, and Jalen Rashard is going to have that role this week. I disagree. There's been games this year where you think he's going to have a big role because the Raiders are getting blown out, but he just doesn't. He has four targets in three of his last four games, and the Raiders basically get blown out every game. That's not true. So same game script you're talking about, four targets. I want nothing to do with this trash-ass team. I mean, yeah, I don't really want anything to do with them either. I have Jalen Rashard as my 31st. I just think he's at least a decent flex option. And Jared Cook is a solid option as well. The Chiefs are third worst against the tight ends. They, they're uh, in the bottom of the pack against QBs, but they're solid against wide receivers, which must mean the tight end beats them, and that is the truth. And Jared Cook has been, has had some very solid weeks this year, so I think he's a solid tight end one this week. Right behind the, the bunch of guys like Greg Olston and Cameron Bate and the top heavy guys.
0: I'm afraid to say this because Jason might bite my head off. Marcel Aitman, seventh round rookie, ten out of
1: here, man. Ten targets. No. Just
0: putting that out there. Ten, ten
1: tar- targets from Derek Carr is the equivalent to bird shitting on your car. Wow, that's harsh. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a 14 or 16 man league but he turned 10 targets into three receptions for 16 yards. But, hey, guys, the uh, the Philadelphia soul of the – I don't even know what league. They're a football team. <laughs> They're having open tryouts January 19th. Are we in there? Well, I guess
0: yeah, see an arena football team.
1: Oh. Yeah, we, all right, we, let's go. We get washed in arena football, honestly, though. <laughs> we get washed. It's all giant humans who don't even need to be good at football to play
0: let's talk about another team. That's not good at football. The New York jets taking on the, uh, Tennessee Titans. They are at the Titans. Uh, let's start with the jets, the old team that probably is not going to do anything. Sam Darnold says that he is optimistic that he is going to play. Um, he was returning. He's done some drills. Um, but you know, look, Tennessee has been one of the better defenses in the league this season, top five consistently throughout the year. Um, and the jets have been one of the worst offenses. Um, is there anyone on this Jets team that you're interested in starting at all?
1: No. The Jets have become the Bills, folks. And at least the Bills have LaShawn McCoy. The Jets are just the worst version of the Bills. It's it's very sad to say. but it's James
0: Carpenter just went on IR, uh, one of the better offensive linemen. That's not saying much, but one of the better offensive linemen for the New York Jets.
1: The only person you can really consider is Chris Herndon. And Tennessee hasn't even given up any touchdowns to tight ends. So are we really going to trust Herndon? Um I, I know I'm not I'm Yeah, not I'm trusting not trusting Herndon. Herndon either. I have him outside my top fifteen tight ends this week.
0: I'd much rather have a few guys over Herndon, that's for sure. Um, all right, so let's go over to the Tennessee Titans then. Uh the Titans after looking like they were ready to take over the division and yeah, we're good. And Marcus Mariota could feel his hand again, uh, they get handed a terrible loss by the Colts and then the Texans manhandle them uh in a division game. Two big division losses uh for the Titans Marcus Mariota set the record for most straight completions uh to start and I'm sorry second place broken by Philip Rivers that same day um Marcus Mariota 22 for 23 303 yards and two touchdowns um is he someone you're considering flexing in this matchup I'm sorry streaming what? streaming
1: streaming. I just got mad confused I was like Listen, I stopped paying attention for like half a second. I'm pretty sure Timmy was talking about Marcus Mariota, and now he said flexing. <laughs> well, like, stop not paying I mean?
0: attention. All right, I'm trying to catch you off guard. That's how it is.
1: I mean, obviously, I was right because I I would have just said some bullshit. But Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mario <laughs> no, nah, no, 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 I'm not grabbing Marcus Mariota. Uh, simple as that. He has not been a QB1 this year. Um, I don't think that changes this week. It's not like he's in a tremendous matchup against the Jets. The Jets aren't great, but they haven't been absolutely atrocious. They've been
0: atrocious the last few weeks.
1: I mean, they've also been better on the road, though. They uh, lead the league with the lowest percentage of touchdowns allowed per possession on the road. Interesting. Uh, Tennessee is not an offense that... Sure, they've been playing better lately, but you don't think of Tennessee and think... If this team doesn't give up a lot of touchdowns, Tennessee will still be off pretty well. No, it's not how it works They're not very good. So i'm not trusting mariota, especially with There's no bye weeks. So all the marbles are on the table and mariota is a marble that's floating away Floating doesn't make sense rolling away (laughs) Uh,
0: Corey davis and jonas smith is probably the pass catches you'd want to start um, corey davis now two of the last three games good games Not a coincidence that it's the games that Marcus Mariota can actually throw. He's going to get the targets. The question is, is he going to catch him? Uh, What do you think? Is he going to catch him this game?
1: Honestly, anyone who says anything based on Corey Davis, like coming into this week, any fancy analyst who tries to predict Corey Davis is lying to themselves because we've seen this act 40 times already. He's either going to score a touchdown or he's going to have 100 yards, or he's just going to go catchless or two catches. He's the most volatile wide receiver there is in the NFL this year, basically has been the last two years. So do I know what's going to happen with Corey Davis? No, I don't. But based on the upside of uh, going against the Jets and the targets he's seeing, I like him as a high-end wide receiver, three, low-end wide receiver, two. But no, I will not be surprised if Corey Davis – uh, let's sound his owners once again. But also, like you said, Johnny Smith. I'm not sorry, Johnny Smith. The Jets are the number one ranked defense against tight ends. So I'm not sorry, Johnny Smith.
0: After years of being horrible against tight end, Jason, Jonah Smith, is he more of a one hit wonder, flash in the pan? Or is these two weeks, look, he's a great spark athlete. He's one of the better athletes coming out of the draft at the tight end position. Is. Is this more of a progression of a rookie who's a good athlete, or is this just a spark in the plan he got in the pan? He got lucky and caught a couple touchdowns.
1: I mean, the answer to the question is sure. Uh, yeah, he's a good athlete. Yeah, he got lucky. Uh, the fact is, though, that he has one game this season with more than three targets. That's not someone I'm betting on, especially when Mariota's throwing those targets. I mean, it was it was two games ago and this
0: last game, he got a giant long touchdown reception. So it, it, it does beg the question, like, is he on the Ascension Uh, for Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry? Oh man, what an ugly duo. Like we, this is disgusting. Like who could, who could you even start to start Derrick Henry, eight for 30 last game, Dion Lewis, seven for eight in the backfield, caught seven passes for 33 yards. Um, I, I don't I don't want to touch either of these guys in a in playing week. I don't actually
1: I don't hate Deion Lewis this week. I have him as my running back. Uh, where is this guy? As my running back, twenty one actually going against the Jets in a game where the Titans are going to be favored. The Jets cannot block cannot block backfields. Uh, running backs coming out of the backfield, and uh, I think Deion Lewis has a pretty solid game and and a pretty high volume game.
0: All right, let's move on to the next game. Unless there's another guy you guys want to talk about?
1: Uh, Derek it. Henry could even find the end zone in this one. But he's, he's a touchdown-dependent flux. That's about it.
0: Let's go to the Minnesota Vikings at the New England Patriots. The Vikings look like they came alive uh, against the Packers, but their offense has been stagnant. They have not scored over 30 points in a game since they scored 37 against the Jets over a month ago, and now they're playing a a Patriots team that has been playing better as of late. For the Vikings, um, Kirk Cousins is currently the quarterback 11 on the season but he's been highly inconsistent. Is he more the guy we saw last game with the 342 and three touchdowns or is he more of the guy that's only thrown three touchdowns or more in two games this, this season this week?
1: I actually like Kirk Cousins quite a bit this week. Uh the Vikings and Pats are both teams that run a lot of plays every week. So they should be running quite a few plays in what I expect to be a pretty high-scoring game and uh The Patriots are not good against wide receivers or quarterbacks. They're in the bottom third in the league and fancy points allowed to quarterbacks on the year. So I think Kirk Cousins is in line for a pretty solid game this week as a QB1.
0: Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, comfortable starting them both. What are your expectations?
1: Uh, I'm loving Adam Thielen this week. If you look at what the. Patriots have done against slot wide receivers has not been good. I mean, Jermaine curse just lit them up. Jermaine curse isn't good. The Pats are 30th in the league against slot wide receivers. Adam Thielen is going to go nuts. And then Stephon Diggs as well has at least eight catches in seven of his last nine games. So I expect them both to eat. I have them both as wide receiver ones. If you look at the last seven quarterbacks England has faced, it's Andrew Luck, Patrick Mahomes, Trubisky, Derek Anderson, Aaron Rodgers, Marcus Mariota, Josh McCown. The only two that weren't quarterback ones were McCown and Anderson. So all you have to be is not a washed up old man quarterback. And you're going to put up quarterback one numbers against them. So that means that's just two things for cousins and his weapons. That's disrespectful to our future head coach, Josh McCown, Jay. <laughs> um,
0: right now he's a washed up old man quarterback. How about Dalvin cook showed signs of life? Wasn't very efficient on the ground. Only 10 for 20, but showed signs of life in the air. Three for 47 and a touchdown. Uh, it, Dalvin Cook owners at this point, honestly, if you are a Dalvin Cook owner and you weren't great on the waiver wire, you're probably not in playoff contention. But if he, you had Dalvin Cook and you've been waiting on him and now he has your opportunity to play him, are you comfortable playing him in this game?
1: I think he's a low-end RB2 option this week. Um, the Patriots, they're pretty solid against running backs, but Dalvin Cook should be able to get some a decent amount of reps and work in the passing game in – a game that I expect them to be chasing the points against the Patriots. But what I don't love about Dalvin Cook is that he basically split reps with Latavius Murray, and that is not something you want to hear if you're a Dalvin Cook owner. So I see Dalvin Cook ranked, like, top 15 in a lot of places right now, and it's just mind-boggling to me. Listen, Dalvin Cook has a 70-yard rush. If you take that out of the equation, he has 158 yards on the season Rushing. He has a 2.46 yards per carry. He literally needs to be involved in the passing game. He has no rushing touchdowns. The Patriots have only allowed four rushing touchdowns all season. I don't love him. I don't know why people do.
0: Kyle Rudolph uh, came alive a little bit, seven for thirty for sixty-three, um, and Latavius Murray still got the lion's share of the work. I think this is the the week Murray probably fades into the distance. Uh, How do you feel about Kyle Rudolph and Latavius Murray?
1: Patriots are... He's a boring tight end one, I guess. I'd rather take a shot somewhere else. We've seen uh, enough of the Vikings this year where Rudolph hasn't really been involved. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not doing much for you. I'd rather take a shot on someone else. All right. Sounds good. Um, Let's move on to...
0: What do we have here? The Patriots, the Patriots. Uh, let's see who we got. So Tom Brady, he's been terrible, but had a good game last week. I want to say terrible, terrible in Tom Brady terms, above average in other regular people terms. Um, but in fantasy, he's been below average. He hasn't um, been consistent at all. Um, but what do you think?
1: I am not trusting Tom Brady this week. With all the options out there, even Kirk Cousins is a much better play in my opinion. Minnesota's only allowed multiple passing touchdowns twice all season. Uh, Brady hasn't been a quarterback once since week seven. The Vikings have allowed a passing touchdown on only 11% of possessions against them. That's the lowest in the league. All of this combined with the fact that Brady hasn't been playing at an MVP level that we're used to. I'm going somewhere else. Tom Brady is not the guy that I want leading my team in Week Thirteen.
0: All right, so let's go over to Sony Michelle. Then, uh, here's a question coming up: Rex Burkhead is back. Sony Michelle goes for twenty-one, one thirty-three, and a touchdown on the ground. James White nine for seventy-three on the ground and one for five through the air. Which the the. Phasing out of James White out of the offense is one of the more um, intriguing and confusing things that I've seen. The return of Gronk
1: might be spelling doom for Mr. White.
0: Hmm. I didn't even think about that, but I think you're right. Um, Sonny Michelle, James White, how does Rex Burkhead affect these guys?
1: I I wish I knew, man. I really do. Uh, All I know is last year at the end of the season, Deion Lewis, Burkhead, and James White were all Playable assets with white taking the back seat. and right now it seems like white is taking a little bit of a back seat to Michelle I can see Burkhead mixing in uh, Who knows really at the moment right now I'm I'm going with Michelle white Burkhead is my order Burkhead should be eased in and then in week 16. He's probably gonna be the uh, Workhorse back and get every single touch
0: Oh hold on. hold your horses. You're being sarcastic, right? Not really I mean, I think if you're a Michelle owner and you didn't pick up Rex Burkhead on the waiver wire, you're out of your mind.
1: Burkhead is someone I want on my team.
0: Yeah, I paid forty five dollars for him in my Fab. Damn, son. I, I'm the I'm the Michelle owner. I got to have him. I I I, didn't, I wasn't playing no games. Um, Michael, the pass catching options: Julian Ellman, Josh Gordon, Rob Gronkowski. These guys are all had decent games. Uh, last game. Who's your favorite in this matchup?
1: Gronk is my favorite of the bunch. Uh, the Vikings are top five in points allowed against wide receivers and quarterbacks. So they limit both. They've been a lot better of late and they are in the middle of the pack against tight ends. So they're worst against tight ends. And Rob Gronkowski came back with a bang last week. He only had four targets, but he did have the three receptions, the long touchdown, which he looked like former Gronk, just catching it over the middle on two different Jets players. So I like Gronk a lot this week. I think he, it's it's, a, it's nicely set up for him. But on the receiving end, I prefer Julian Edelman. He's the safer and the just overall better player and pick, in my opinion. Josh Gordon continues to get the massive volume. But the, the amount of volume that Josh Gordon gets in an offense led by Tom Brady, you'd expect a lot more production that's just not there, in my opinion. He just – He's having nice games, but he's not having the games you'd expect from someone getting that many targets from Tom Brady.
0: Uh, Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No. No No Cordero Patterson. All right, so let's move on to our next game. Uh, Our next game is the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks, uh, only nine points against the Tampa Bay Buc- Buccaneers defense that is on pace to be the worst defense in NFL history. I wonder if that changes now that they've only given up nine points. We'll see. Um, Nick Mullins was not impressive, but he is going to keep his job for at least another week. So Let's talk about the people who are fantasy relevant. Uh, Dante Pettis, let's start with the past catchers, and George Kittle. Uh, Dante Pettis moved into a starting role and has taken over a start- starting role in the past few weeks. Is he finally someone where you're like, hey, I can start this guy. Last week, 77 yards and a touchdown. If you started him, you were in good shape.
1: There's no way I'm trotting Dante Pettis out there unless I'm in a 16-team league. Uh, Nick Mullins just hasn't been great. Uh, Garcon and Goodwin uh, have been gone, not on the field, injured, however you want to describe it, dealing with personal (laughs) issues. They haven't been getting so, the looks. I'm not, um, I'm not trusting any wide receiver for the 49ers. The only people I'm starting are Kittle and Brita. Uh, Kittle, of course, is a – I mean, he had 12 targets last week and that was his down week, so you're starting Kittle happily every week. Yeah. Matt Brita is someone that doesn't get enough love, in my opinion. He continues to be a force when he's healthy. If you look at his points scored this year, every single time it's a number that's – not up to par. He either got injured or was playing extremely injured. Seattle is on a string of bad games to running backs. And if you look at who they've placed, it's faced. It's been Melgo, go Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey, all good players, but Matt Breida is also a good player. Maybe not on that level, but obviously good players can beat Seattle at the moment. Breida going to see volume. I like Breida this week. He looks a lot like Christian McCaffrey
0: when he's running in my opinion. Uh, Michael, what about the what about Brita for you? Uh, personally, I like Brita. Um, how do you feel about him?
1: I like Brita just that it sucks that the 49ers aren't a better team yeah. because he doesn't get as many opportunities that I'd like from someone who's as dynamic as he is. I have him as my running back 13, though, just because when he does get the carries, he's an absolute beast. He's over 100 yards the last two weeks, and it's finally the first two weeks where he's actually looked healthy. So, And he got a... Touchdown taken away from him from a false start last week, so we could have had another 20 point game. We don't so usually I have like, Breida, I'm, I'm playing him.
0: We don't usually talk about dynasty, we're a redraft type of show, uh, maybe you know, keeper as well. But Matt Breida is going to be the starting running back for the 49ers next year. Jarek McKinnon's going to get cut. Trade Jarek McKinnon if you have the chance. I he, that,
1: Tim, what that, kind of proclamation is that?
0: That There's some hot takes you're making. Let me tell you something right now. That contract that Jack McKinnon has allows him to be cut with them spending absolutely no money. Breed is out here lighting the world on fire when he's playing. They could add another guy that's not as expensive as Jerick McKinnon. I really don't expect to see Jack McKinnon in a 49ers jersey next year. So oh, that's, no, that's just my take. I know it's hot and it's way too early, but if I was in the Dynasty League, I'd be trying to trade Jack McKinnon and tell people, hey, look at what Breed is doing. He could be doing this next year and then try and cash out on that because I think that I really think that he's not going to play. I think that breed is going to be starting running back for them next year, but that is neither here nor there for this particular week. Um, so let's go back to this particular week and let's go to the Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson has been highly effective in the second half as he has been over his past entire re- life. Um, 22 for 31, three thirty-nine in the air with two touchdowns. Uh, didn't run as much this, this uh, week, but that's because of the game script. They were in comeback mode against the Carolina Panthers. Um, Russell Wilson's got to be on your top, in your top 12 quarterbacks. Uh, how do you feel about Russell Wilson? How do you feel about his, his pass-catching weapons of Tyler Lockett, who had another big game, David Moore caught a big pass, and Doug Baldwin, who continues to be up and down?
1: I want to talk about Tyler Lockett because Tyler Lockett, he had six touchdowns for the first seven games, right? And that's when we were like, chill with the Tyler Lockett love because he's scoring these touchdowns, and touchdowns are not predictive of future performance. He only had five receptions or more in two of his first seven games. And then I guess the uh, Seahawks realized that Tyler Lockett is simply better and just more healthier than Doug Baldwin and the other guys on that team. So the last three uh, games, Lockett has had at least five receptions in all of them, a touchdown in two of the three. He had 100 receiving yards last week, and that was the the most he's had all year. I mean, he's just – he's really just getting better and better as the weeks go on. So I like Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver too this week. Also to mention, he was going to be running most of his routes away from Richard Sherman. Uh, David Moore is the guy who will be lining up on Sherman's side. So another good bet for uh, something to help out Lockett there as well. And I'm also not jumping the Baldwin ship. I like him as a wide receiver three. He's seen 25% of Russell Wilson's targets in the last three games. He has at least five catches in all of them. Russell Wilson honestly could have thrown five touchdowns to him in the last two weeks. Every time he throws to him, it's a bad throw. Don't know why. But you would assume it's going to get cleaned up and the points are going to start coming.
0: Uh, Chris Carson and Mike Davis in the backfield. Uh, It's clearly Chris Carson's backfield when he's healthy.
1: Yeah, this is a pretty solid game for him. He's our running back 15 on the week.
0: And how do you guys feel feel about Nick Vanette?
1: No, he couldn't even capitalize on his, uh, in his spot last week. He's just you can't you can't trust him.
0: Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this one? I think we good. Let's go to the Sunday night matchup, and a matchup it is. Wow, I can't wait to watch this game. The Los Angeles Chargers going on the road to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, who are trying to bounce back from their uh, worst loss of the season. Um, Let's go to the Cardinals are coming off their biggest win of the season. I mean, the Chargers, excuse me, who beat the Cardinals. Um, Phillip Rivers, shady, uh, shady MVP candidate, 259, three touchdowns. Um, But let's get to the big news. Melvin Gordon out. It looks like for at least two weeks, maybe even three weeks, maybe even beyond that. So it's going to be Austin Eckler. It's going to be Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson led the team in carries with Melvin Gordon out 759. I think a lot of fantasy analysts are underplaying how big of a factor Justin Jackson can be. I think that Austin Eckler has a role carved out already, but I could see Justin Jackson getting 10 to 15 carries a game. And if you're getting 10 to 15 carries for the Chargers offense, I want you on my team.
1: You know, this is where we differ, Tim, because you think everyone's downplaying Justin Jackson. I don't think so at all. He had seven rushes for 57 yards last week. Yeah, that's great. But it was also when they were beating the Cardinals by like three touchdowns and Melgo was already out. So why would he risk Eckler getting hurt as well? And it was against Arizona, the worst rush defense in the league. So I'm gladly firing up Austin Eckler this week. It's a high-end running back too. And I just, I'm probably not playing Justin Jackson. Jason? So, my thought is Justin Jackson is more of a wait-and-see guy where Eckler is the guy that you want right now, especially in this matchup. Uh, last time Melgo was out, Eckler saw 17 touches. You may not say that that's that much, but overall the team ran 44 plays on that day. So, Eckler almost saw a touch every other play. Uh, a reason why Jackson was used as the main rusher, you could say, is that the game was out of – it was 45-10. to 10. So why waste Eckler when you don't need to when you know he's going to have a bigger role going forward? Either way, against Pittsburgh, their run defense is stout, so you want the guy who's going to catch passes. That's what's made uh, Melgo a first-round pick. That's what made Eckler a flex player earlier in the year, the uh, Philip Rivers usage of the running back. So Eckler is definitely the guy I want there as a strong RB two. Uh, I also like Philip Rivers this week. The Steelers' best defense has been better, but the Steelers are at home, so it should be a high-scoring game. Mel goes out. They're probably going to pass more. Philip Rivers has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league, so more passing means more points. And he's thrown multiple touchdowns in every game this season. And Keenan Allen is my number two wide receiver on the week. And then? Michael called me crazy. I don't know why this is a hot take because he's ranked for like 15th consensus right now in fantasy pros, I think. Michael called me crazy for ranking him number two. It's the second half. Keenan Allen is the wide receiver five over the last four weeks. Second half, Keenan is back. The Steelers have struggled in the slot this season. It should be a high-scoring game. Phillip Rivers hasn't had a lot of opportunities to be in a high-scoring shootout this year. I'm loving Keenan Allen this week, along with Philip Rivers. Jason, Jason, Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason. I'm going to tell you why Keenan Allen is the number two receivers crazy with all the other options that are out there without any single bye weeks this week. The Steelers pass defense. The beginning of the year, they were trash. The first six games, they allowed two opposing receivers, 1,236 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's despicably bad. Over the last five games total, five games, they've allowed two opposing receivers, 481 yards and two touchdowns. Two total wide receiver touchdowns and less than 100 yards per game to all opposing wide receivers. So yes, Keenan Allen is not the number two overall receiver going into this week. He's a wide receiver, too. High end, albeit, but he's a wide receiver, too. Wide receiver, too. He's been the wide receiver five over the last four weeks. I Don't give a shit about the numbers you're saying I'll right now. I bet you he's not a top seven wide receiver. I mean, the odds are obviously in your favor. All that has to happen is, like, Tyrell Williams catches one long touchdown, and he can end as a top seven receiver. Make the bet. That's not it a was. fair bet. I'll take it. Fine. But that's such a lopsided bet. It's ridiculous.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, I do like so, the logistics of Michael's bet making.
0: So here's here's something that I think that people aren't really thinking about with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is such a big part of their red zone plan, right? And Austin Eckler is not a red zone type runner. So what's going to happen? They're going to have to find different ways to score in the red zone. And Mike Williams is their biggest red zone target. He scored two touchdowns last game. I think that this injury to Melvin Gordon, shady as the dominoes fall, can have an effect and make Mike Williams a solid wide receiver three play while he's out.
1: Uh, I actually I don't. don't. That's not the Craziest take you've ever had. We have Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams as uh, mid to back range flex plays. I wouldn't trust either as a wide receiver three. Uh, but I don't hate that idea. I uh, prefer Mike Williams to Tyrell Williams this week just because of the touchdown potential.
0: All right, so let's move on now to the second Uh, player in this big-time Sunday night matchup, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers kind of shit the bed last week, although Big Ben uh, racked up the points. Uh, There is a trend with the Steelers. If James Conner has a good game, they have a good game. Now, James Conner has had two bad games in a row. If you're a James Conner owner, and now that he has that job cemented and maybe doesn't have that same fire under his ass, um, are you concerned about James Conner's production the last few weeks?
1: Uh, not super concerned. It was two tough matchups, and it's not like he's playing less or getting less work. Well, he is actually getting less work, which is a reason why I think the Steelers will get it more involved again this week. I like, I'll I'll take a shot on James Tonner, and throughout the rest of the season, I like him as to continue being a high end running back. One,
0: uh, let's talk about the pass catching options. Juju Smith Schuster. Johnny put it perfectly, uh, our brother Johnny. He's an Antonio Brown owner. and He says, you know, the big plays that Antonio Brown used to get and be the, like, the sole owner of is no longer the case. Juju Smith-Schuster is now holding that down. Um, 189 yards and a touchdown. He continues to be fantastic. You're obviously feeling good about both these guys in this matchup. Um, you're really feeling good about both these guys in any matchup. But if you had to take a chance, if you had to take a shot right now and say... For the rest of the season, I'm getting, I have Juju on my team or I have Antonio Brown on my team. Who are you taking? Because I think that it's a lot closer than it was
1: earlier in the year. It's Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, though, I don't know if this is just a a blip or something new, but Juju's slowly been moving away from the slot. Ryan Switzer got six targets out of the slot last week. Juju's percentage in the slot the last two weeks is 53 and 24%. Uh, so I want to see how that is this week because if we're talking about two boundary receivers, you're taking Antonio Brown. Uh, moving out of the slot may not be helping Juju. It's more of a. He, I mean, he's been effective out of the slot his entire career. So I don't know why they'd want to move him right now, heading into the end of the season to playoffs where they're probably going to be. So I even have Ryan Switzer as a potential uh, flex play this week. But, like, Super low end. Uh, Michael? I was going to say last week, uh, Juju, actually, I don't know if it was because they were playing the Broncos or if it's a sign of things to come, but Ryan Switzer ran 34 routes from the slot, and Juju only ran 10. It's the first time all season he wasn't the lead leaguer, excuse me, the team leader in snaps out of the slot. So I, I think it's more a Chris Harris thing here, but it's something to keep an eye on. Either way, Desmond King, has it been even better than Chris Harris in the slot this year? So Juju might be on the outside again, but I think that would help him more as well after that huge game last week. But A, B, and Juju are both high-end plays. Uh,
0: let's go to the tight end. Then Vance McDonald is hurt, but he's practicing in limited capacity. Um, if he plays, are you excited
1: about playing him in this matchup? I'm not starting Vance McDonald this week. Uh I might be missing out on a good opportunity, but if I'm dealing with someone who's injured right now, someone who's missed time because of injuries, someone who's been injured his entire career, someone who's in a timeshare at the tight end position, it's not someone I want to start at the moment. There's too much risk.
0: Uh, Nick Vanette had a big game against them. David Joe had a big game against them. George Kittle had a big game against them, but they've kept all the lesser tight ends kind of in check. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, Vance McDonald sometimes looks like a baller tight end. Sometimes he looks like a tight end that could be, that could be, you know, you could take him or leave him. It's going to be interesting to see Vance McDonald. Let's, let's see where you guys are at with Vance McDonald. Would you rather start Vance or Chris Herndon?
1: Vance. Uh, That was pretty close. Probably Herndon.
0: Vance or your boy from the Broncos?
1: Lacoste. Lacoste.
0: Vance or CJ Uzuma?
1: Vance.
0: Vance or Jonah Smith? Vance. All right, all right. So, um, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? I, I think we talked about it, everyone, right? It's Do Monday it.
1: now. This terrible Monday night game.
0: Let's let's end it off with the the horribleness. Well, fantasy wise, but this is a big game in division. This is a big game. Eagles can move back into first place. So. You see why people want to watch it. Like, I, 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 I'm I, going to want to watch this. I'm just not going to want to watch it for fantasy purposes. But with that being said, uh, let's start on the Redskins side. Colt McCoy came in last week and did not look horrible. Uh, didn't look good, but didn't look horrible. Um, three interceptions, that's pretty horrible. Uh, Adrian Peterson, though, you expect him to really suffer with Colt McCoy back. Uh, Jordan Reed played for, with our uh, theory that the tight end is the guy you want to own with the back of quarterback, specifically Cole McCoy. Not only that, Vernon Davis was second on the team with 73 yards. Um, Jordan Davis and Jordan Jordan Davis, Vernon Davis, excuse me, Jordan Reed. Who's your favorite of the two, and how are you feeling about which guy's your favorite?
1: I mean, it's, it's Jordan Reed. He's the starting tight end. Vernon Davis caught a long touchdown. You can't bank on that every week. Uh, I like Jordan Reed this week as a top eight play. The last two games, he set season highs in receiving yards. Not a coincidence that the last two games, he's had Colt McCoy as his quarterback. So I expect the same trend to occur. And it's a a good matchup for him, especially against his Philadelphia pass defense that's absolutely depleted. Uh, I even think Josh Doxson has some wide receiver three flex appeal. He he has 15 targets in a game and a quarter or a little more with – McCoy as a quarterback, 15 targets isn't something to take lightly against fifth-string cornerbacks. Yeah, uh, Josh Doxon has a 30% target share and 40% air yard share so far under Colt McCoy, so definitely something to keep an eye on. We actually have Josh Doxon ranked inside our top 40 receivers, I believe it is. Where are you, Mr. Doxon? Interesting. Coming to the dock side. Yeah, he's our wide receiver 34, so there you go.
0: Very interesting. Um, Trey Quinn catches a touchdown, five receptions. Um, is he a flex play?
1: No, I I wouldn't do it. I guess like it's a decent play. They're gonna have to pass. I I don't know. I don't I don't know what I'm gonna tell you about. He's he's this year's Mister Irrelevant. It's not like he has a. He was good in college. He was very good in college. Just not someone. Banking on with Colt McCoy throwing passes. True.
0: All right. Uh, anyone else in this game? You guys. I mean, in this on this team, you guys would like to talk about.
1: Let's Adrian move on. Pe- to how the finish, how right. you feeling about
0: Adrian Peterson? I, I kind of said yeah, you can't really start Adrian Peterson anymore. But do you guys are in agreement with that?
1: No. Yeah, I hate AP this week. Yeah. I mean, he's been a very inefficient runner recently. He's, he has no role in the passing game, and Philadelphia's strong suit on their defense is the rushing game. So.
0: All right, let's move on to the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz has been a giant disappointment. Um, I don't know what to make of it. Do you think he bounces back in this game?
1: Not enough to risk starting him if I need to win a playoff game. I mean, if you have Wentz as your quarterback and your best option on the waiver wire is Case Keenum, then I'm then I'm rolling with uh, Wentz. But... I mean Washington's been lit up recently in the passing game. They're they're giving up yards up the gazoo. Dak just destroyed them on Thanksgiving. You can stick with Wentz. I'm not going to. There's just something about this offense that's been off. Uh ever since they got Golden Tate, Golden Tate was honestly the worst addition that they possibly could have added. I don't understand what they were like. They didn't need a guy in the middle of the field. They had Ertz, they had Goddard, they had Aguilar who's better in the slot. It's not so they've been worse since they got Tate. They need another outside receiver. It's not happening. It's not an offense I really want a lot uh, to be a part of at the moment.
0: Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey has been sh- has struggled. Uh Golden has struggled. Aguilar has struggled. Um I mean the, the, the saving grace is that Zach Ertz is the best tight end in football and if you took him in the fourth round or the third round, you are absolutely jumping for joy, and your team's probably in a good spot. Let's talk about their running game, though. Josh Adams, 22 for 84 and a touchdown, um, and also uh, didn't get anything in the passing game. So he seems to be the guy that is going to take the lion's share of the load, although his coach said he is absolutely still in a committee. Do you think that's just coach talk, or do you think Josh Adams is the every down back in Philly
1: now? I mean, he wasn't even the every down back last week. Uh, pass catching-wise, so so I'm going to keep an eye on there, but he is going to get the early down work, so he's going to... I think he's going to be more of a touchdown-dependent RB2. I think people are getting a little too overexcited about Josh Adams, but, I mean, if you picked him up basically for free earlier in the year, then you can't really argue with an RB2.
0: Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game?
1: I know we talk about Alshon Jeffrey, but he does get a pretty favorable matchup against Danny Johnson, so... If he were to finally break out again, I could see it being this week, especially when their offenses looked terrible the last two weeks with Golden Tate. So being, like, hugely involved. Jason? Do you want me to mention talk about Alshon Jeffrey? You asked if we wanted any closing statements. I don't really have any closing yeah. statements. He has the same amount of catches as Golden Tate since Golden Tate came around. So uh, I prefer Jeffrey. Tate's more of a uneventful wide receiver three flex play whereas jeffrey has a little bit more touchdown upside but he's becoming very touchdown dependent and with that we bid you adieu and good
0: luck we hope you make the playoffs uh tags us with your i mean at sc- screenshot screenshot us and mention us on twitter with your uh playoff teams uh, hashtag and brodo we Trust if we helped you out uh that's our favorite thing to do. We love, we love at the end of the year when people hashtag Retrust and then give us their uh, champions and their playoff teams and like, hey, you guys helped us out. That's why we do this. Um, that's why we take our time out to do this. Uh, Jason, where can they find you?
1: At Jason Petrop.
0: Michael, where can they find you?
1: At Mike underscore Petrop.
0: And you can find all of us at Broto Fantasy. Don't forget, we answer every single question that comes with us on Twitter. On top of that, we give you, we tweet out the rankings. We tweet out some. Uh, waivers we tweet out every single touchdown on on sunday so hey you stuck at your mother-in-law's uh i don't know you know knitting contest well guess what brodo got your back set up those um at mentions and you can get all the touchdown information coming right to your phone so you can just look down and be like ah saquon barkley scored two touchdowns and I am chilling. Um, what you guys didn't know is Michael just put his mic on mute and is currently having a sneezing attack. Look at him over there.
1: Two sneezes. Uh, fuck off.
0: <laughs> All right. So with that being said, um, that is us for the weekend. See ya. Later.
1: Later. Later.